We are so honored that you're here with us for season three. We want to share, connect, and grow the Paper Flower community with you. Welcome to Paper Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by our patron, Wendy McDowell. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for the Paper Flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there. Hello, welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. This week, we are talking to Crystal Marshall of Faithful E-Planning, and she is located in Chicago, and we met her through Clubhouse. We're super excited to have her on our (laughs) podcast because after chatting with her, we discovered what amazing things she's doing for her family and for her business. Hi, Crystal. Welcome. Hi, Crystal. (laughs) Hi, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. I remember stumbling into your room it was back yeah. in January when we first met on Clubhouse and I was like who's this girl I really really like her <laughs> yes. so I kind of stalked you on Instagram I was like oh we need to get her in our community <laughs> yes I I think I found you because I was new to Clubhouse and I just searched paper flowers and there was only about 10 of us and so I know. each person I went through and I think I may have tried to send you a DM and say hey if yep. you're on Clubhouse join our room on this night and I just was interested in meeting other people and so we've kind of just took off from there and both of you have just been so amazing and kind and you do great work I was happy to join you guys it's been so much fun I really have enjoyed Clubhouse I have to admit at the very beginning I totally binged on it because it was such a new <laughs> shiny object and mm-hmm. I backed away from it just because my workload has gotten more but I feel yeah. like you've gotten deeper and more into <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have. I don't know, I've had waves. When I first got on it, I did not like it because I went to, I was in random rooms that did not interest me with thousands of people. And I'm like, oh, who are these people? They're strangers. Why are we listening to them? <laughs> um, but someone really kind of, you know, made suggestions and they were like, you have to find something you're interested in and then join, you know, maybe smaller rooms where you can get a chance to actually have a real conversation. You're not just listening. And that's really been what's worked for me. So once I did that, I really binged on it as well. Now <laughs> I've kind of find, I've, I've found my my niche. And so it's really paper flowers. I'm usually in like a women's business group about marketing and branding. And then also my, I don't know, <laughs> my treat. I guess we'll call it like my, my treat <laughs> is Married at First Sight. So I started that club. Yeah, that community has really taken off as well. <laughs> It really has. It's amazing yeah. to like see and hear everyone chit chat about this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you give like a 30 second? Because I think maybe some people might not know, but you should know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a 30 second summary would be this is really an experiment, but it's a real marriage of two strangers who meet with experts, fill out questionnaires, and they go through a vetting process for a few months, I would say. And they narrow it down to couples and they invite their family their friends they pick out their dress and they don't meet each other until they are face to face at the altar amazing um, so far everybody has said right. I do even <laughs> at the altar and then the cameras follow them from there out for the next eight weeks and then they have to make a final decision on if they want to stay married or get a divorce so it's intense wow <laughs> sometimes it's a love story and sometimes it's a disaster you just never know <laughs> yeah I can see why it's so intriguing a lot of discussions yeah. coming yeah. 
bit. So much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Switching gears a little bit. Let's talk mm-hmm. about your business. So we know that you're an event planner and you also mm-hmm. do beautiful paper flowers. Tell us how you got started with event planning and how you incorporated paper flowers into your business. Well, I got started with event planning years ago. So officially my business has been established for four years. But even prior to that, I was always the one helping with, I don't know, the church anniversary dinner or my, you know, of course, my kids' birthdays, I have three kids or a family member's party. I was just always the one people went to and I enjoyed doing that. And so I decided to start my business. And when I started, I said, how can I set myself apart? What can I offer that's different for my event? A lot of people may not be offering for their event. And so I began making paper flowers. And I always tell people my paper flower journey started with YouTube, construction paper and Elmer's glue. Like that's what I had. I literally had my kids construction paper with multicolors and some glue and I I had I found like a free template somewhere and I just tried it out and I fell in love Mm -hmm. and it, it it went very quickly. So I, I did a backdrop and that's how I usually incorporate, that's how I started incorporating the paper flowers into events. So we either a photo op and it will be a backdrop for photos or behind the sweet table or maybe a welcome sign. I will surround that with flowers or something like that, but I will have the paper flowers incorporated inside my event somewhere. So that's how it all got started four years that's ago. That's amazing. So how yeah. much would you say your paper flowers bring in the income for you? Um, what percentage? <sighs> Oh, okay. So you mean percentage in terms of paper flowers versus events? Mm -hmm. Okay. Really, once I started doing the paper flowers, they took over. So um, yeah, they had had the same thing happen to me. Yeah. And so I would probably say easily like 75%, probably 80. I still, people hire me for events periodically. I have a wedding coming up this year. I have a wedding anniversary. So I have a few events, but paper flowers, probably even 90%. And I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because I'm an event coordinator by day for my local municipality. So I plan like our 4th of July celebration. We're planning the Memorial Day parade right now. And we have cruise nights with drive-in movies and a 5k race. So those are the events I plan for my community. Sometimes I'm burnt out from the planning. So the flowers are are a nice escape. (laughs) So here's a really important question. How do you balance motherhood and entrepreneurship and also being an employee for somebody else. I feel like your plate is so full. Mm-hmm. It is. I will say I have the pleasure of working only three days a week. So that is awesome. But I probably end up working like at least four days a week. <laughs> um, but I try to not bring my work home. So from my my day job, I really try not to bring my work home because I have work to do at home. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I try to plan in advance as best I can. Of course, closer to my event date, I'm working more hours and things like that. Of course, sometimes my my weekends are busy. Most fun events are on the weekend. So mm-hmm. those are sometimes really busy. And then in terms of my kids, so when I come home from work, I try to spend time with them. I mean, we're really typical homework, dinner, bath, book, you know, yeah. bed. <laughs> and so all of that is really typical. And I really don't start my business hours. I say my personal business hours are like from eight to midnight. And oh I know my gosh. <laughs> I'm a night aisle. 
I know, I know it's late, but my kids, their bedtime is eight. Of course they have to use, you know, go to the bathroom, ask for water for like a whole hour. Um, <laughs> so we have to play that game for an hour, mm-hmm. but I'm usually set up at the kitchen table, which is normally where I'm, you know, making my videos and I'm working from there. That's my little station so that I can keep eyes on them. Yeah, me too. yeah, yeah. And 8 p.m. is usually when I may turn on the TV and I'm watching my shows and I'm working or I put in my AirPod and I'm on Clubhouse or audiobook or whatever. And I try to make sure I'm in bed by midnight. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you for having the energy after the kids go to sleep to commit to making paper flowers and running your own business. Because a lot Amazing. of people would be like, you know, I already have a job or two right. jobs, you know, or three jobs. Right. Why like now right. add another one? Right. Good for you for having that passion and um, ambition. I was going to ask you for your event planning, your personal event planning you. business. Mm-hmm. Did uh, when people approach you to do events, do you try to encourage them to use paper flowers, or do they come to you knowing that oh, you also offer paper flowers with the event, mm-hmm. and that's why they choose you? Right. You know, sometimes their flowers, their event includes flowers. I really don't push it. It really depends on if I think it'll fit or not. I definitely won't won't push it. If they're looking for decor and I have maybe photos of what I've offered before or maybe if I have an inspiration photo of something I would love to try for their event I'll definitely share that but I don't push it I've done events that there are no flowers you know what I mean a lot of times there may be just balloons or sometimes it's a wedding and they want a different photo opportunity a photo backdrop and I'm completely fine with that Mm -hmm. the event planning is more about the organization and working with your vendors and making sure that your event runs smoothly it's okay if you don't want to include flowers I'm perfectly fine with that but if if I see where it'll fit, I'll definitely offer it for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you offer paper flowers, mm-hmm. do you customize all the different sets or do you have rentals that you can rent out to these couples? Well, it really depends. I do have rentals. So I offer rentals, not as much as I used to. And that's really the shift in my business that occurred during the pandemic was I was offering rentals quite a bit. When you would incorporate the paper flowers into your event and you maybe didn't see a space or you didn't have a vision for it in your home, I was okay with that. I mean, I would bring the flowers back home and that's okay. I offer them at a discounted rate. So it's not the same rate as if they were going to purchase the flowers because Mm -hmm. I know I'll be bringing them back home and I'll be able to use them for future use. Storage became a problem. Yes, (laughs) Um, they take up so much space. Yes, (laughs) they do. And, you know, the paper flowers, the the cardstock paper flowers are so much larger than the crepe paper flowers. And I have like the, the... Home Depot or the Walmart large boxes. I have them stacked. They're right here. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, the beginning of the pandemic, I really, because I was shifting from renting to installations, I really tried to show people how easy it is to install your own paper flowers. And so I did a video for that. I include the instructions on how to mount your paper flowers. I include the command hook. And then Quinn, you gave me the idea for the little eyeglass cleaner. Yes. (laughs) So I haven't gotten those yet, but I will. Okay. Um, Costco. Yeah, right. (laughs) Costco, right? So, you know, I try to make it easy to to show people, hey, you can do it yourself. And so I can make the flowers, ship them to you. I'm I'm located in Chicago, but I ship all across the U.S. And you can do this. And so Mm -hmm. I've tried to just empower people to do it themselves. And especially at a time where so many people were doing home improvement projects last year, you know, around this time, because, hey, I'm in my space and my house majority of the time. So people wanted to make their space as comfortable and pretty and inviting as they've been wanting to do for years and didn't have the time to do. So, so many people were remodeling. And so I kind of 
try to take advantage of that. Not advantage. No, not advantage. Smart. That's the wrong word. No, but smart. Yeah. I try to encourage. You saw a trend yeah. and you're like, yeah. I can fill this need for everybody. Right, here. right. I can help you if you are remodeling your home or you're looking for new art for your yeah, home. So, for sure. so I, I started offering that. Yeah. Can I ask you before that, like when you, mm-hmm. let's say for weddings or for somebody wants to order it and they want you, I guess they assume that you'll be there to put it up for them. Right. Did you, so, did you charge for that? Oh, yes. I would charge for delivery and installation. So if I was installing a backdrop for your event, there was a fee for that because it's quite a process to especially get them to stand upright and Mm -hmm. fill in the gaps and spaces and transportation. So, I mean, an average backdrop, I would say setup, I mean, it would take me probably about an hour, hour Mm -hmm. and a half. So it it took a little bit of time. And I've done some paper flower walls, which is a complete wall full of paper flowers, eight by eight. I, I haven't done a whole lot of them, but those take hours. So yeah. yeah, there is a fee for installation. So that is something where I, I definitely recommend that I come and do the setup. But I've also rented out my paper flowers to other event planners and they have utilized the paper flowers in their event. And I've even talked them through how they can, you know, set it up or they will hire me and I'll come set it up for their event. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, I mean, I've had paper people include paper flowers just different places throughout their event. And I'm completely fine with that. You know, I, I'll rent them out to anyone. Um, or even sell them to anyone. So how do you protect yourself, especially when you're renting out to other people and they're coming back? Do you cover yourself by saying, hey, there's a damage fee if it comes back damaged or what is your depreciation cost? I probably have not protected myself enough when it comes to rental. And I'm just thankful I haven't gotten burned. You know what I mean? I've had amazing customers that really care for my item. I would say there was one time something was damaged and the client took care of it right away. And it was an outdoor event, which I I really try to stay clear from outdoor events Mm -hmm. (laughs) because whether, as we all know, it can shift any moment. Yes, especially Chicago. Oh, absolutely. And so rain or too much wind, it will completely damage the setup. Mm -hmm. And so um, we were able to rectify that. They understood because we had the conversation about this outdoor event. And so (laughs) they took care of it without a problem. So I haven't had any, any issues, but that is something if I, you know, if rentals continue to come in I have a rental for a wedding that should be coming up and that's something that I will need to start including in the language I just have to figure out how to word it but yeah if I at least make it known in the contract that there's a damage fee and mm-hmm. then and if they sign it and they're aware of it then I think that's fair yeah definitely make yeah. sure you do cover yeah. yourself in the contracts mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any language now for like COVID? I know we're getting a better handle on it, but there's still lots of events and weddings mm-hmm. happening during this strange time we're living in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I was more strict about it at first, of course. And for a while I wasn't going into anyone's homes or businesses. And then eventually I started loosening up a little bit. And so it was more of a conversation. It wasn't mm-hmm. strict language. But at that time, I would say I probably, even if I'm setting up for an event, I would want to come beforehand before your guests come and then I'm going to leave because some people are still gathering. I don't want to gather, but some people (laughs) are. And so especially with your, maybe you know your guests and you all have been gathered together before, but I would try and do my setup and leave before the guests arrive. So that's a conversation we would have. And if I'm doing a home installation, then the conversation is I will wear a mask and I will ask for you to wear a mask as well. And that's mm-hmm. really my only course. Have you recently tested positive for COVID? <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you if you have, then I you know I would just ask them to 
let's wait it out and you know I'll come back later and so even for me and I'll be very transparent I had COVID late last year and I had flowers that I was set to make for a client and I was transparent with her and I said look you know I recently tested positive and I don't even want to handle your flowers right now. And so I asked her to, you know, wait and I gave her a discount for the inconvenience. And so I handled it that way just for that two period mm-hmm. until I was able to receive negative results. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. Great way to, to make the situation better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, she was very understanding. So I appreciated that. And I mean, <sighs> that's when the spike really started going back up. Mm-hmm. October, yeah. November last year. And so, yeah, it's been a crazy, <laughs> crazy year. Yeah. It sounds like you have an amazing clientele. How much do you, would you say your branding or how you kind of sleuth through your clients to make sure you have the right client and how do you turn away <laughs> the wrong client? You know, it's really been the grace of God. Um, <laughs> I would say my clientele probably starts with my family and friends and those that follow me. And when you, when you go to someone's page and you're like, do I like her energy? Do I like, you know, what she's presenting? And I try to even incorporate quotes and things like that on my page that really show my personality. And so I've attracted people that are, I won't say everyone is like-minded, but similar. And so I've had great clientele. How do I know who to steer from? I think we've talked about this before, probably on Clubhouse. (laughs) I I tend to say, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions, but the person that asks the 500 questions, they're probably not not going to move forward because, you know, for one reason or another, maybe they're not comfortable and they're not ready or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, that's, that's usually a red flag. Like, uh, I don't think this person that maybe they don't trust me or they're not mm-hmm. comfortable or they don't see their visions. So I can't help them. You know what I mean? Like I, we can't get on the same page. And mm-hmm. so that's okay. That may have happened once or twice. And then I've had one, one client where she voiced that she's never really satisfied with the services that she receives in any area of her life from her hair. <laughs> to her nails, to her grass. I mean, she, red she's light, like, red right, right. <laughs> and then she's like, you know, people never get it right. And I'm like, nobody, I'm thinking in my head, nobody ever gets it right. <laughs> There's a pattern here. Right, there is. There's a common so, denominator. <laughs> right, it's not the people. <laughs> so we, we worked it out. And at the end, I still don't think, you know, <laughs> I don't know where we really ended, but that was the one time where, you know, it was more like a takeaway that she wasn't clear. You know, I gave her what she asked for. She still wasn't clear. And so at some point you're like, okay, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so that that's really been my, my only one customer where I wasn't sure if she was satisfied. And I really, like you said, I think it was more a pattern on her part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not perfect and I don't want to put that, you know, I don't want to sound that way, but I do try and make sure I have a good customer service and then my client satisfied for sure yeah yeah it seems like you're you're doing a great job yeah thank you thank you (laughs) yeah and you know I think what always even for all of us being paper flower artists I think what what really shows you that you're doing a great job is when you have a repeat customer and so that's that's always the greatest pleasure when someone's like I love what you did for me before. Can you do it again? Yeah. So, I know. Yeah. The expectation so is higher at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wonderful yeah. building. 
Okay, mm-hmm. um, I want to ask a technical question. So okay. um, you mentioned that you have these amazing Home Depot boxes. Yeah. Can you tell us about how you, I think a lot of us have problems where how do we store our paper flowers if we are mm-hmm. just making them and mm-hmm. we're just practicing, but we want to sell them down the line or we're doing yeah. rentals. How mm-hmm. do you go about storing your paper flowers? So I have the huge Home Depot boxes and I really try to store them by color. So I'll write the color on the outside of the box so I have some idea what's inside. And I usually use a stacking method, which will include newspaper. So I try to, you know, ball up the paper and I'll stuff it around the flower and the main thing is I need it to be upright. If it's leaning on its side, then that band ruins the flower and gravity doesn't really repair it. I can sit a flower out and it, it just won't repair itself. You know what I mean? Once it's been on its side too long and it's really folded, you know, folded on the side, it, it doesn't work out. So I really try to be careful and make sure whatever I'm stacking in the boxes that it's upright, that it's nice and secure, that it's surrounded by newspaper. And I just try to build up. The roses probably take a little more newspaper and it really some of my what do I call it? the one that has I don't even know what I can't remember the name of it but it's really pointy and so it has a lot of straight points throughout the, the whole flower yeah the dolly exactly <laughs> that flower is really hard to pack that's probably the hardest one to pack because you can't just stack them on top of each other or you'll you'll ruin mm-hmm. the flowers so overall I try to use newspaper and bubble wrap of course and I just try to make sure they're standing upright how many flowers would you say you put in a box hmm. like how many which are you comfortable stacking before you're like mm, maybe gravity will yeah yeah that's true I definitely try to stack I try to stack them according to size as well so I didn't mention that but I try to put the larger flowers at the bottom and the thing so I have a stack here I can kind of sh- <laughs> So I, you so know, pretty. I try to say whatever. Pretty. Oh, thank you. So I try to make sure, you know, my the largest one is at the bottom. That's the green. Then I have pink and white on top. And so, you know, I don't. Is it kind of like working with the number? Sh- is it like working with their shape and seeing yeah. what kind of fits comfortably and it looks like right. okay, it looks like it fits in there and you just kind of right. put that mm-hmm. in there? Yeah, yeah. And if I there are times where I can feel like it's too much weight, and so you, you really have to to really just kind of get a feel for it. It's so hard to tell. <laughs> I don't know if I have a magic number. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell because with the large boxes, I mean, I could probably fit I don't know fifteen flowers in there, um, and then it really depends depends on the center. So if I have the pom-pom center, or if I have the spiral center, you know, that, that makes a difference as well. Mm-hmm. Or if I have just the glitter flat center. So there's a lot to consider. Yes. I really like yeah. that glitter flat center. It looks so magical and fun and shiny. Yeah. 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 And you know, I love the glitter flat center and it's probably, it's the easiest one because there's not much to assemble. You know, some of the other ones require some assembly, but you can never go wrong with glitter. So I know you can't. Right? Yay. Glitter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Can I ask you, since we asked about storage, what about shipping mm-hmm. in terms of shipping out these big, flowers it must be challenging yeah it's challenging and a a lot of times especially if someone's ordering from my site I don't get a chance to have this conversation but if you order (laughs) directly if you're ordering directly from me I try to embrace I try to to make sure I mention that how how pricey it can be and I have literally when I was first starting to ship 
I took the exact same box to UPS, USPS, and FedEx. We don't have a DHL around, so I took it to those three places, and I really tried to, who is more reasonable out of the three? And so it's it's just pricey, and it's gone up since the pandemic. And mm-hmm. so a box that used to cost, I don't know, $15 to ship is now almost, you know, $30. So, mm-hmm. or I would say maybe $20, $25, but it's, it's been an increase. And so that's a tough conversation to have. Mm-hmm. I try to eat up part of that expense but I can't eat up the whole part. You know, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. take the whole expense on. And so I, yeah, it, it's a tough conversation and it's pricey and there's, there's really no way around it. You know, I try to, even with shipping, I try to use the smallest box that I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, the flowers are light. When yeah. I take a, a medium box to FedEx, the box weighs, the whole box is three pounds. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's the size. But it's $30. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's about $30 to ship it. So yep. it's tough. And that's yeah. that's the hardest part. I know. If anyone's local, I, you know, all of my local clients, I definitely try and encourage them to pick up or, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, I'm reasonable. We can meet. <laughs> I'm okay with Smart, that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all are. I think shipping is a challenge for all mm-hmm. of us. You know, yeah. no, like you said, it's not even the weight, it's the size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know about you, but I'm always paranoid that some somebody's gonna put a really small but really heavy, intense box like right in wow. the middle of mine. Um, and there's oh, like yeah. and like our boxes aren't are they're not empty, but they're fairly empty, you know, compared yes, to, right. to, to the other types yeah. Of, yeah, like really dense, right. like I don't know what they are, like something <laughs> clay or something mm-hmm. so I get really paranoid about like it being put in the middle and then like it squishes my box right in the middle yeah yeah I have f- fragile stickers all around my box I don't think they care but I know we had some people talk about you should not put a fragile sticker on your box because it's more tempting yeah <laughs> throw it across the right. <laughs> they're like fragile huh yeah exactly <laughs> sad that we're saying this but it yeah. has happened and the yeah. really I mean I had a prime example is I had a wood piece delivered to me from California and literally mm-hmm. the box arrived and there was a hole in the box wow. and I'm like oh my gosh and I was like I hope nothing fell out of this hole luckily right. nothing was lost but the okay. piece was broken and oh, there was wow. fragile stickers all over it all over it <laughs> and I'm like oh my gosh luckily we were able to fix it but it was just mm-hmm. very heartbreaking to like see yeah. it like I was like oh my gosh and there was bubble wrap there was craft paper like bundling all the different fragile corners but mm-hmm. I felt like the, the person that shipped it to me took an extra step to make sure that everything was packed as safely as you right. could manage but mm-hmm. still it arrived damaged like really yeah, damaged yeah. like the yeah. integrity of the box was like there was a hole in it I'm like right. oh, somebody totally dropped it or something yeah, yeah. and it yeah. was like a hole on the side not where any of the angles of the wood piece it was just Mm -hmm. like someone like punched through it or something I don't know it was it was crazy I was like uh what happened here (laughs) yeah that is that is crazy and I just received the box it didn't have a hole in it but I don't know I shipped some flowers to a location for a style shoot. And these were flowers I already had in my inventory. And so they, the agreement was just, she would ship them back. 
and that was I was fine with that. And so when she shipped them back, I don't there was lots of tape on the box. But you know how when you, you tape it across the top, one side was like folded in oh, no. and kind of ripped. And oh, I no. opened the box and I'm like, it's only like the grace of God that the flowers were fine. And luckily <laughs> it wasn't like a rainy day because literally the box was open. Oh, oh, but I, think I saw the tape. There was plenty of tape on it. But once again, if you're pushing heavy on one side, it's yeah. going to fold in yeah. because there's not a whole lot, you know, to keep it up. So yeah, it is. It, it, it makes me a nervous wreck. And I've asked clients, I'm like, did you, was everything okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Did it arrive I do that safely? Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And it, it's so out of our control. We know how we would care for our work if we were to deliver it. But when we, when we turn it over to our carrier, you know, you never know. Yeah. No. I'm yeah. constantly thinking of ways to reinforce the interior of the box because you really, never know. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, our products are super light, so we can add structure pieces that are slightly heavier because, you know, there's not going to be too (laughs) heavy. It's not really going to affect the price. Exactly. It's not going to affect the price, but it's just like, how do you integrally fill up the inside so it doesn't Mm -hmm. get crushed or broken into? Like how much packaging? Because the the higher the price of the the box, that will eat into your profit cost. So how do you going about adding that cost into your flowers? But you want to be reasonable with Mm -hmm. everyone else Mm -hmm who hasn't gone that extra step and you have to explain why your flowers are more expensive because you're shipping and handling you have to cover that right and I think as artists like a lot of times we were just we our priority is to get our art as perfect as possible and to get it to our clients safely so we're willing Mm -hmm. to kind of eat those either the cost or eat the time Mm -hmm. and not even either charge for it or we think about it but we still put in like doubly man work (laughs) right because we're so paranoid that it's not going to rise safely and then all your hard work is going to be destroyed or lost in your effort mm-hmm. and then you're going to have an unhappy client. So yeah. like, yeah, it's such a difficult call to make. But I honestly think that like you can't, some some of the stuff you can't really quantify. You can't really yeah. put a number on it and be like, hey, you got to charge for all this time that and care that I took into packing right. this for you. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's representative of you. So if you're going to pack mm-hmm. it and it's really sloppy, your client's not going to be impressed. If it yeah. got to them safely, great. But if not, then that's not going to look good on you. But if like it's yeah. packaged perfectly and everything you've done like to present it and to make sure that it gets to them safely has been done. They, you know, mm-hmm. they're still going to be a happy client. They're not going to blame you if something right. happens to it and it represents mm-hmm. you, right? They, they know yeah. that you care about your work. So it's, yeah, I think it's a really hard call to make, but I definitely think we probably spend more time than we should charge for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shipping takes quite a bit of time. Another thing I do, and I don't know if you all do this, but I, I include my flowers in a plastic bag. So it doesn't look great. But I'm always thinking if my box is left in the rain, Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And the box is soaking wet. How can I protect the flowers? And so I still use, like you said, I usually use either tissue paper and bubble wrap for shipping. At home, I use the newspaper. So (laughs) no one can see that. The customers get the nice stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they get the nice stuff. But I normally try to put it in like a clear bag 
And so, and I'm tied with a little ribbon at the top and I, you know, try to stuff it all around, but and that's just in case the box is foggy for some reason. You just, like once again, you just never know. Yeah. Or someone leaves it in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. They just like left. Despite, (laughs) maybe even if like you asked for a signature. So I've Um, heard, somebody was telling me this. I heard that like sometimes couriers don't care. It's like five o'clock. They got to just like finish the round and they just like dump it. (laughs) Right. And like, and if they dump it also somewhere like not your customer's address you don't know how long it takes for that person to return it to you or return it to your customer like yeah Mm -hmm. you kind of just have to control what you can right yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah Crystal, for our listeners who do work with cardstock, where mm-hmm. do you source your cardstock paper and supplies? So primarily I source mine from Michael's, of course, yeah. <laughs> and Hobby Lobby. And I, I haven't tried, I've gotten paper from, no, I've been thinking about getting paper from an online source, but I haven't gotten any from online. I've been really fortunate, like I said, where a lot of the colors are readily available in my area. If I have, if I need something, I don't have you know I'll speak with my client and make sure they're okay with spray paint if I'm you know if I'm going to try to match your color perfectly I am interested in purchasing larger paper so something larger than eight and a half by eleven so I can make the really big flowers Mm -hmm. I have an order that may come through that may require for me to place an order you know like that for a client so we'll see but so far I've been able to find everything locally and then of course online from Michaels Mm -hmm. if I if I'm doing bulk order get a to me so that's yeah. awesome yeah. Uh, yeah I know in Canada our Michaels is sadly like really? sadly missing a lot of color <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's horrible we're so fortunate yeah. in the US yeah the US oh you guys yeah. are so fortunate you guys have access to so many wonderful things honestly mm-hmm. at reasonable prices yeah. too right but, you yeah. know it's just I have you, like there's like one manufacturers here yeah right yeah I have three Michaels I can choose from you know oh, depending wow. on which direction I want to yeah. go in and then yeah it's just it's lots of options which is great so I'm grateful for sure yeah and then I think our prices are a little more reasonable here as well right than Canada yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's just there's a whole bunch of reasons why (laughs) but uh Crystal you mentioned that you have kits to offer tell us a little bit about that Mm -hmm. yeah something that I should have done sooner in the pandemic, but I did not. But that's okay. Is I offer a paper flower kit. And so right now the kit are um they're available on my website and they are the complete kit. So I include everything from the glue gun, glue stick, scissors. I also include the template. A free a template is included. Cardstock paper. I mean everything you'll need. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. I've had people, I actually taught someone in a class I, uh, for virtual classes along with the kit. And so right now I don't have any class posted, but they're, the classes are normally on my website. So I'm going to have to, you know, just get the next date available and I'll try to offer one a month at least. Mm-hmm. And so I had a client who paid for the kit in the class and she has started selling paper flowers. She was already a crafter. Oh, wow. And so now she's incorporated paper flowers into um, what she offers her clients. So that was exciting to see her, you know, start to incorporate that into her business. So that was fun. That's so That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I recently did two younger kids and I was so nervous with them with the glue gun because <laughs> I include the glue gun. So, you know, I'm talking to their parents. Have they used a glue gun before? Will you be nearby? You know, and it was <laughs> virtual. So I couldn't really help them, but their yeah. flowers turned out so great. So I need to post pictures of them. Um, yeah. We had a good time. We had a good time. 
So that's that was so fun. awesome. Yeah, I will say this. Oh, I was going to add one more, one more thing. I started off offering the kit with just the cardstock paper without me cutting out the petals. And I'm getting so many people <laughs> that are like, can you just cut it out for me? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, no, you need to have the full experience. I need you yes. to understand what we go through. Yeah. And when, you know, the time that's part of the journey and yes. they don't want yeah. that part. So, <laughs> so I may be shifting gears, but that's okay. So it's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like if you shift gears, if you do, I mean, then it's going to take time for you. Maybe you can tell you them will. if you want it pre-cut, then you'll have to pay right. an extra X amount. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that may be what I maybe I'll offer an additional kit on my site where you have the pre-cut option. Yeah. 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 It will. It'll take more time for me. And I think that that will educate, I think, some of your customers a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because they probably don't think about it. I'm pretty sure they didn't mean to be like, like, they probably did not even think about the fact that it would take you time to do that. Mm -hmm. They just thought, oh, like this, it's not as easy as I thought it would be to make this flower. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why they made the suggestion. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah. Maybe they are willing to pay more. Who, you know, you never yeah. know. But I'm yeah. sure it wasn't like, oh, you should be doing the cutting, not me. <laughs> oh no, no, it wasn't no. nasty at all. No, it was really not. nice, but they were just like, oh, this takes a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh, it does. <laughs> yeah. Now you know. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. So, all right, now to our fun part. When you're making paper flowers, what do you drink, and do you watch anything or listen to anything when you're making your paper flowers yes so I I do it all it really depends so <laughs> right now I'm drinking water I'm always nervous drinking anything by my flowers like <laughs> if I'm working my cup is way over here <laughs> I would hate to be the one to ruin my own work <laughs> you yes. know what I mean but water I love tea I love love tea um, I've recently gotten into loose leaf tea so which um, one do you like the most you know what I recently tried oh I have a a, a lady that I ordered from on Instagram and she has a maple pancake flavor. Oh, it's amazing. It tastes just like pancakes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. so good. It's so good. Then she has like a, a pecan brown wow. and the pecan brown, maybe it's brown pecan, something like that. But it has little chocolate chips in it. Like, are you kidding? And it doesn't have a lot, but it's like maybe two or three. And it just gives you like just a little, you know, rich chocolate flavor. (laughs) And it's it's amazing. So I love loose leaf tea. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I may have wine, but usually it's water or tea. Wine makes me sleepy. And if I'm working, I don't don't need to be sleepy. Right, right. I have to work. So um, those are usually my two go-tos. And then in terms of what I'm watching, I mentioned earlier that my office hours are typically 8 p.m. to midnight. (laughs) So the kids are in bed. And sometimes I am watching a TV show with my husband. And so we're catching up on something we recorded earlier. A lot of our shows, it may have some violence or foul language. So we don't try to watch it around the kids. So Mm -hmm. we'll just DVR it and watch it later. So we'll catch up on. I like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Um, what else? And then, of course, Married at First Sight. But Married at First Sight, my husband will not watch. I watched that with my mother. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. But, right. 
so he he says he doesn't watch it but he knows he's like he knows all the couples and stuff (laughs) that's awesome right he's overhearing all of it and then I love audiobooks so if I can find a good audiobook I will listen to the I mean the whole I'll be done with the audiobook in a day or two the whole book and I was I was just telling somebody I'm like where do I get more credits because I don't have enough credit (laughs) I think have you borrowed from the library they have audiobooks on the library I I'm gonna go there I just found that out when I went live with Amani from Married at First Sight she told me her listeners her her viewers told me that I can rent audiobooks from the library I'm like are you kidding why am I paying audible (laughs) if I can get free books from the library you just gotta wait a while for it but it does eventually come especially if you have a long list of books on reserve on hold okay they'll start coming and they're like oh my gosh I need to listen to this and this before it expires oh (laughs) you just need to get that going <laughs> yes, I will. I I will either go there today or tomorrow because I'm listening to my last book right now and I need I need more and I'm out of credits <laughs> until like mid-April. Like, what am I supposed to do? So I'm <laughs> yes, so I'm heading to the library literally probably today or tomorrow. I'll go for sure. Awesome. You can do it online. Libby.com is the website oh, and it'll connect right. to your local library. So you just need a library card and you can do it, you know, in the comfort of your home. <laughs> oh, I thought I had to go. No, you do it online. <laughs> you do anywhere better. nowadays. <laughs> well, then I'll do it as soon as we finish here. Yes. <laughs> um, have you listened to Ready Player One? I know they made a movie no. out of it, but the book is really, really good. If you love... Really? I was born in the 70s, so they talk a lot about the 80s. And okay. it's just really, it's fun. It's a really fun book. All right. I'm always looking for recommendations. So that's awesome. The first book I fell in love with was The Year of Yet by oh. Sean. Rhymes, mm-hmm. and I listened to it in January of this year and I was like yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> so it was like perfect timing and I know the book came out a few years ago but I just heard of it and I I fell in love with audiobooks then and I really like audiobooks when the author is reading it when there's mm. a stranger reading it it's yeah. just not the mm-hmm. same yeah oh okay. so. I have one recommendation for you to get it's called okay. Invisible Life of Addie LaRue mm. It's okay. really, really good. It's about this girl. People can never remember her. And she lived really? for a really, really long time. And so really? it's her journey of how she discovered who she is because mm. no one will remember her. Oh, this wow. Is that sounds sad. But it's really oh. impactful. I was like, oh okay. my gosh, I'm crying. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I love the tearjerker. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's another show I always watch. This is us. I cry oh, every oh Tuesday. My gosh, I don't know. Yes. Do you guys watch yes. that? Yeah, yes. I don't no. because I don't want to cry. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mandy Moore is such a good actress. I really like she her a lot. Is. She is. She's really good. And just the whole show. I'm like, they always take us on this journey and we're all crying every yes. Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's been yeah. so wonderful talking to you, Crystal. Oh, you too. This has been so fun. This has been yeah. so fun. We'll have to do this Thank again. Yeah. I know. Let's do it again. And you guys have just been an inspiration. I thank you for just allowing me into the group and the flower world and we really opened up new opportunities for me that I just I didn't know and so even your Facebook group and everything else that you all offer even your clubhouse on Thursday nights <laughs> I usually try to stop in so fun stuff great women and so I'm just happy to be connected with both of you thank you 
Thank and you. Likewise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good time. Thank you so much for joining us each week and listening to Paper Talk Podcast. This week podcast is sponsored by Paper to Profit. We have an entire chapter that talks about pricing and that's chapter three. There's so much to talk about pricing. It's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I know I've always kicked off these little talks, but I'm going to point the mic back at you, Jesse. Because I feel like you're in such a unique niche and that you're growing your business in such a unique way that I feel like most of the students, they won't get here, but it's a good goal to have mm-hmm. because now you're creating these one of a kind, really customized pieces that can charge a lot. I know a lot of people were like, oh my God, your sunflower was so amazing. And I think a lot of people, are you willing to share how much you charge or maybe a range and how you even came about <laughs> with that pricing? was uh, an amazing experience and I was so honored to work with my client who also is an artist and I think that also says a lot about the type of customer that you want yes (laughs) because he is an artist himself and he respects and appreciates our work and he understands the process he understands how long it takes to create something and when I was retained to make a sunflower I had never made one before and I think he knew that as well but (laughs) for some reason he trusted my skill and And, and oh my gosh my style (laughs) I love your style I was really thankful. Oh, thank you. I was really thankful that he trusted me and said, you know what, I'll, I want to hire you. So initially I wasn't sure what, how to price this item because I knew that one, I never made one before. Two, a sunflower, the center is so intricate. If you want to make it realistic looking, it would like in my mind, I was like, it's going to take hours. Just me experimenting, practicing. There's just the process itself, thinking about it. So I threw it out there. I was like, my minimum is 200. And you know what he said? He said, fine. You know what? That's perfectly fine. Why don't you charge me 200 for now as a deposit? And then when you're done the sunflower, charge me the rest, you know, the shipping and any additional costs that you think it would. Oh my God. It what should cost. Ideal customer. Yeah. Oh sure. my gosh. He <laughs> literally said to me, you don't need to commit to a number. That's <laughs> he amazing. Said, Just I'll just 200 deposit. And then, and then once you're done with sunflower and have a better idea of how long it took or the skills involved or, you know, whatever you think is fair, then bill me that. So I ended up, he ended up paying 300 for it plus shipping. And this is just for the head. So the head is like seven and a half inches in diameter. Mm -hmm. And then I had a little stem, but that wasn't too hard. And then thinking back, I'm like, you know, this is, yes, this is ideal. But at the beginning of my career, I would not have been able to do that. Like I would not have won the confidence to do that, to say, you know, that. Even though I knew how long it was going to take, I it, it's still hard to think about how many hours that would be and then breaking it down and whatnot. So even like thinking back, oh, is 300 enough? I don't know because I spent a lot of time. Like it was, I spent a lot of time. Like it was a lot t- of thinking. It was a lot of thinking. A lot of their thinking and literally just thinking it sketching. and sketching it and putting it in my mind and trying to experiment in my mind. And then when I executed it, there was a lot of false starts, a lot of, so how do you quantify that? And it's so hard to quantify. Mm-hmm. I think part of it because it is art and part of the process is that is that you can't quantify you can't Mm -hmm. quantify in a way that you can price it at the end of the day it's what is he willing to pay for it does he think that's fair given the amount of time the result and I think the result says a lot the result is really what they see they don't see the process they see Mm -hmm. the result so unfortunately if let's say you did go through all that process but the result wasn't good you might not be able to pay or sorry charge 300 for it because it might not look like it reflects that but if it did, you know, if it does turn out to be something that you hope for and the client is blown away by it, I think you have an opportunity to charge a lot, like charge whatever you think his budget is. And I think, Mm -hmm. and, and lately I've been approaching it that way where I ask my client, 
what is your budget? Mm-hmm. And they, and I, before I when sorry, at the same time, when I tell them, I tell them my flowers range between, I don't know, like $30 and $150 for a stem without, you know, leaves. And those, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, obviously I'm not going to say it's 300, but you know, most stems can be made within a certain time. And then once they tell me the budget, they already kind of have in the back of their mind an estimate because they know my range. They kind of know how many stems it would be. And so when they give me the budget, I can then kind of start with that and be like, like, hey, this is what I can deliver with your budget. And I think sometimes it's on the one hand, it's kind of like educating them, educating them that, oh, my stems cost between this. So they kind of have an idea. And on the other hand, it's you getting more information from them about what they can afford and what they think your art is worth. What are they willing to pay for you? Because sometimes if you throw out just even even just a flat fee and be like, hey, you know, $500 for 10 stems, they might be able to, they might be willing to pay more. You don't know until mm-hmm. they say, well, okay, my budget is actually it. So exactly. I, I think you live and learn. And as you get more experienced, you're more confident with that conversation and not being tied down to a number because I think it's unfair sometimes to be tied down to a number when you don't mm-hmm. really know. Yeah. But I think it is somewhere to start. So if you start like this year, you're like, my goal is I'm not going to sell any flower less than X amount of dollars. I think that's a really great way to grow that confidence. And because once you commit to it and people start just paying that amount, you're going to be like, heck, next year I can increase it to X amount. And I think that's that's a better way of doing it sometimes than having to having necessarily a conversation with yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you don't know what your client is going to want or can afford to pay. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So we're talking about customized pieces. So what if you go about and do like for myself, I do mass quantity because usually for commercials, quick turnaround, you're going to lose a lot of details because mm-hmm. Jessie's known for her beautiful, intricate detail. My flowers are known. Yes, there is details, but also when I create large projects, there's going to, you're going to lose some details. You can't mm-hmm. spend yeah, X absolutely. amount of hours on one piece because you have to make a hundred of them. Yeah. And how are you going to be honest? Mm-hmm. Like if you make, make it too intricate, no one's going to even notice it because nope. at the end of the day, it's about impact based yes. on grouping and yes. based on numbers, not yep. based on the individual flower. Yes. So, I mean, even spending like more time on it, really, I mean, you're, it's one, too much time and two, yeah. no one's going to notice. No one's going to notice. So that's something that you have to weigh and figure out. Like you can't base it off of me. I'm an abnormally fast maker. You are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because I, I'll give you a good example. I did a workshop with Kate. And she was teaching a climbing rose and she was teaching the student and I was just making it, just sitting there and just asking my questions and just making it. I pretty much time we were done. They had made one rose. I had already finished maybe six roses on a branch, a vine already. So that's how fast I am because I know my process. I know what I can do. I'm a fast cutter. And the thing is, you have to compute that number and your experience because the more experience you have, the more you can charge and the more reputation that you have to actually need to make sure your product shine. And the thing is, even though over the years, there's a formula, the exponential, like if you're faster, your quality needs to be better too over time. But at the beginning, you have that lead way to take it slow, mm-hmm. to understand how much you're making and to build that foundation so you can build your numbers and build it faster and faster. So saying that it is a hard thing to gauge when you're doing, mm-hmm. let's say commercial work, like they need it in three weeks time. 
and you need to create 500 flowers. Mm -hmm. How do you go about doing that when you're one person? And do you have the supplies on hand? That's the really important part. Can they give you a deposit? Can that help you when you're having that conversation and you trust them? Can you go ahead and order the supplies? That's something that you need to think about. But pricing out per product, sometimes you just need to think, if I do 500 flowers, what am I going to be happy when I walk away? Mm -hmm. Like when I'm making the flowers, am I going to feel bitter that I'm spilling, you know, 80 hours, Mm -hmm. cranking this out, losing sleep, not spending time with my family, what number is going to make me happy? And you have to be willing to walk away. Someone else is going to pick it up. Good for them. They maybe have a better family life. They have maybe a team behind them that they're able to bang it out. Mm -hmm. But for me, not to feel bitter or to feel like it's not true to who I am, I should be able to walk away and be, you know what? It's fine. I think you can find someone else because Mm -hmm. another project is right around the corner that's going to say yes to you and what you need. So you just need to find the right connection. It's going to be hard. When you're starting out, you're going to have to lose sleepless nights to start building your reputation. Mm -hmm. But pricing is such a number and a mind game. And it's something that you need to accept inside yourself before you can blurt out the number to everyone else. Because when you're confident in saying your number to people, people will say yes. But if you have that question mark, it's like, oh, my flower is 25. Then they know (laughs) the chemical room. Like, oh, would you be willing to make your flower for 20? And you're like so grateful. It's like, you say yes. So they know. People say Say no. 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 Yeah. So one thing I always do is I, when I started out, I had a I still do mentally now, but at the beginning, I had a post-it note on there. It says a firm number, $25. And I'm not going to budge from that because I see that number. I'm like, I'm staring at it. (laughs) (laughs) But now I have a mental number that is kind of like on my shoulder saying, hey, you can't go below that because you know the sleepless nights, the the, tendonitis that you might have by Mm -hmm. doing hundreds of flowers. So you remember that and it all goes by experience. The more you do, the more confident that you will do saying out your name and your price. Yeah. And don't honestly, like, I mean, I'm obviously saying out numbers, but you know, I'm six years in, I have, yeah. I'm, I have a, you know, quite reputable portfolio. So I, you can't, if you're starting out, I wouldn't say you should compare it with me at all. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't expect to be able to charge 300 for any STEM charge, what you're comfortable with. At the end of the day, it's what are you comfortable with? Like Quinn said, what are you comfortable at charging? So that one, either you can walk away or two, you don't feel like you're being taken advantage of and resenting it, charge what you're comfortable with. And then as you go along, with the next project and the project after, you can start, you know, increasing your pricing and see what works and see what doesn't. And as long as you're happy with it, that's the price for you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. So if you're charging $10 a flower because you feel, oh, that's fair, then that's fair to you. And that's exactly. perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that at all. At some point you might be like, oh, that maybe that's not fair. Maybe I should increase it. At that time, you know, that's what you need to do. That's where you're at. That's where you think is right for you and your customer. But I mean, it takes time to build out. So it, it's whatever your pricing is, there's no right answer. There mm-hmm. is hopefully some sort of standard, but yes. it, that's just, you know, so that we can all get paid for what we do. But I, your pricing is going to range. It's going to be very, very different depending on where you are. So, so true. And also you might get some customer that says, oh man, you're just too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. Do accept that. Take that in counsel and think about, is my pricing too expensive for my area? Because maybe they're telling, if you get more than a few people saying that, maybe it's time to rethink about your pricing structure and maybe start over again and figure out like, are you more willing right now to sell your paper flowers and get it out there? Yeah. Or do you need that income? Maybe something you need to add more value to your flowers yeah. to justify it to a customer. Yeah. I always talk about how powerful the first sale is yes. and it's really true. So it doesn't even know, it doesn't matter how much it costs or yes. how little it costs. It's so yep. powerful in terms of encouraging you and motivating you to keep going. Yes. So sometimes we need those sales, you know, yes. just, it, it just makes us happy. It does. <laughs> 
I and still remember my first sale. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. So, you know. You know what I love about Etsy is if you have the alarm on, you hear that ka-ting. You're like, oh, I made that first sale. <laughs> it's the best feeling in the world. It's like, that to me, it's not money coming in, but it's like someone trusts me yeah. to make that flower. It's so motivating. It is. It's so important. It's so rewarding and yeah. it's important. If you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. You can also support us as a patron on patreon.com. Your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the paper flower community.